Hello guys. Happy Wednesday. This is the Black Talk Radio interview with Patrick. Um let me make that a comment first. Um I'm trying to comment in okay. Okay. So first things first. Um, this is the last IG live interview that we are doing. Um, so after today, we will no longer be doing Instagram lives. We will be back in studio. I'm very excited about that. I still will be doing virtual interviews, but they just won't be through Instagram live and you guys can be able to, you guys will be listening live on air as we used to. So to y'all, it really won't be a difference, but instead of in-person interviews, we'll be still doing virtual interviews, but I'm excited because, you know, now I'm going to be doing interviews as well as like discussing media topics and also like playing music. So Patrick is now in, so we're going to jump right in. We're going to get started. Um, Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good. Let me make sure my volume is up all the way. Okay, great. So, for anyone just joining in, this is the Black Talk Radio IG Live with Patrick. Um, we're just going to jump right in. How are you feeling today? Uh, you know what? I'm doing good. And just, I don't want to mess up your name. It's Christina? How do you Kristen. 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 Okay. Yeah. Kristen. All right. Kristen. Yeah. Cool. So, I'm doing okay. You know, this COVID thing is... It's kind of it's kind of played out. I'm kind of over it. At this point. Yes. Oh, tell me about it. Where are you located right now? I'm in I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. Well, I hear that in Atlanta things are like open, so that kind of scares me. But it's that's why that's why our, our numbers are the way they, that's why we're red zone because people are still going out. And... Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm so... not though. I'm not. I'm not. But right. people are. People are. Right. Yeah. Right. 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 So uh, first things first, tell us like where you're from and what made you start basically getting into like TV producing things of that nature. Sure, I'm gonna try to do this super quick because I don't want to turn into a long uh, story. I am. Oh, no. I, I, you like stories. Okay, well, I'm bo- I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I grew up there for um, a little bit of my young childhood. Then we moved mm-hmm. to the Dirty South, Mississippi, and. Oh, wow. It right, <laughs> and it, while I was there, uh, I think I was like in high school. I got a chance to. I actually got dis- what you consider discovered by Joel Schumacher, the director of uh, Batman and this movie oh. called *The Time to Kill*. I he asked me to be in it, and I was like, "Why not?" The movie starred Sandra Bullock and Samuel Jackson, Matthew McConaughey. And the role was small, but because right. I, at that time, I was a teenager, I was excited about this opportunity. They allowed me to come on set sort of after school and on weekends. So okay. that was my first sort of on the job learning. I was watching all the camera people. I was like, oh, I really like this. <laughs> so anyway, I go to college. I majored in English. And while at school, what? I went to two. 
Tougaloo College. It's an HBCU in, in Mississippi. Okay. Very, very small, though, but probably about a thousand students at the time. But I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I made, I think I was one of the first persons, I believe, to make a film on campus. So I made a horror film. And, I, you know, they would call me like Spike Lee. And it was a, a cheesy, over-the-top, campy uh, horror film called When Evil Awakes. But that was the first time that it kind of mm-hmm. happened. And we had a record premiere. Bro. I'm sorry. I'm here. Sorry You're about back that. Now. Mm-hmm. I'm back. Okay. Sorry about that. And so we mm-hmm. got people to donate money and limos. And I mean, this was huge for, you know, a small school like this and everyone got dressed up. And that was kind of like my thing was like, wow, I really like what this represents. I really like mm-hmm. the opportunity. So nevertheless, I'm going to fast forward because I don't want to Jump, jump around, and um, uh oh, he froze again. Okay, you're back. Okay, sorry about that. And so, I uh, it was the first time we had people dressing up, red carpet premiere, really was a great feeling, despite the fact that it was a campy horror film. And so uh, fast forward, because I'm trying to jump around, fast forwarding it to just being an adult, working in Atlanta and doing the corporate thing. And this is, I'm hoping I'm about to bring us somewhere, Kristen, with the story. Uh, (laughs) And so here I am working, doing the nine to five corporate stuff. And back in 2017, so three years ago, I was in Spain, I was in Barcelona. And oh. August August seventeenth, uh, they had a terrorist attack that happened over there, and it happened literally. It was a van that plowed through people in the crowd, and I was there, and that really kind of, you know, it, it kind of impacted me. Uh, it it did impact me because it could have been me, and my right. best friend, my best friend that was with me, he was just like, you know, we could have been killed, and we've got to stop putting off things that we say we're gonna do because tomorrow isn't promised. And he was like, when are you going to get back to writing? Because I, I was like, oh, I'll probably do it. I don't know, whatever. So anyway, we're sequestered in the hotel because of the terrorist attack. So all the Americans, U.S. citizens, whatever, we have to go to our hotel room. We're in our hotel. I start writing a script, which eventually would turn into scales. Oh, so wow. I, I write this script, Kristen, thinking, okay, I did it. And my best friend was like, uh, you just wrote it. What, what else? You, what's next? What are you going to do? So I was like, what do you mean? He was like, you need to make it. So I started because it had been some years since I had really gotten into the whole film thing. Right. So I started doing my research and, you know, thank God, you know, Google internet information is everywhere. And so I actually came, I stumbled upon Issa Rae and she had a web series, Awkward Black Girl. Awkward Black Girl, yes. <laughs> I started watching that and I read her, I just started, anything about her, I was reading what she was doing. And so that inspired me. I was like, okay, she took, you know, her friends and made this, her Awkward Black Girl, it was five minutes, seven minutes, but it was catchy. And All I was right. like, this is what I'm going to do. However, I didn't have that tribe of friends here in Atlanta that was in the film space. All of my friends were these corporate types. Right, so right. I had, I was, in, I was working on being in a play because I kind of created a bucket list after what happened in Barcelona. I was like, I'm just mm-hmm. going to do whatever because life is short. Yeah. 
And I was working in this play with an actress who had just moved here from LA. Her name is Shirley, Shirley Norman. She graduated from USC and I told her what I was doing and she was like, I'm in. And I was like, perfect. And then I was like, what about your directing experience? She's like, yeah, I'd love to direct it. Perfect, because at the time, you know, you got Issa Rae, then you have Ava DuVernay talking about the lack of black mm. female directors. And I was like, she, you know, Shirley's black. I was like, this is perfect. Here's a, here's an independent like myself having, extending, you know, an opportunity for, you know, for us. So right, she right. jumps on, I put out a, um, a link on Production Hub looking for a film crew, because again, we're still, this is like a startup. We're building this project mm -hmm. scale. I was very, I knew the one thing I didn't want, nothing against PBS, but I didn't want, I didn't want a amateur film person shooting it. I wanted it to yeah. look high. I wanted it to be high quality because I was like, right. I want people to kind of take me a little serious. And that's where I met Zane Juwani, who again, not to play off of diversity, but he's, he's Indian and Pakistanian. So we met, hit it off. He loved the script, didn't want to change the story or try to change my vision. And I was like, wow, we're, we're hitting it all. So I got Shirley, myself, and Zane. Zane had a, a good friend who had just spent six years doing a documentary over in Israel. And he had just came back from Israel. He was looking to get back into doing some film stuff. Zane was like, hey, like, meet my friend. So it's literally, <laughs> Krista, it just started happening. And we sat at a Starbucks and talked for hours. And I was like, this is what Issa was talking about. She was, you find your tribe. And mm -hmm. we hit it off. We had the audition. I had the auditions in September of 2017. Wasn't sure how it was going to go. But again, at the time, Atlanta was really becoming that Hollywood of the South. Right. And we ended up getting probably about 400 submissions. And I was like, what? So again, putting on the HR corporate hat of, you know, by day or whatever, I rented out a, uh, you know, you can lease a space or whatever, an office space. Cause I wanted, you know, the actors to come into a real professional space. Right. One of my, my cousin, she was a, she was a sophomore at Clark. So I was like, Hey cousin, I'm going to put okay. you to work. So she was going to be, the re she was a receptionist checking people in and we created like this really professional experience because I wanted people to see just how serious I was about bringing scales to life and before you, I knew it probably two months later we had cast everyone we were all virtual unknowns mm -hmm. and February 2018 we started filming and we wrapped like in March and then we had a premiere in June because I, I was really going back to the college years when we had the premiere the cast, we showed up in limo, red carpet premiere. Mm -hmm. We had the MCs there at the gathering spot, which is a real popular spot. To my surprise, we ended up having over 300 people there at the premiere. So I was scared to good. death. Yeah, but I was scared to death. And um, <laughs> the premiere went over really, really well. And after that, I knew that I couldn't just stop with the first season and it became more it, it started out as a passion project and then it right. turned into something a lot more to where I'm fully pushing I'm pushing myself in front of more people and the content out there and writing more and really trying to build upon what I have established so far yeah I definitely think that's dope and you know I love how you said you know you looked at it and was like wow like you could really 
go at any moment. Like, this is the time to get the ball rolling. Um, for the people that are just joining into the live, um, you know, this is the Black Talk Radio with Patrick interview. Um, and if you guys have any questions, feel free to leave them in the question box. I didn't mention that in the beginning, but, like, do like to answer you guys' questions that you may have for Patrick and if you're interested in this field or, you know, just about anything in general. So now... I basically want to get into skills. If you could share with us, you know, uh, for the people that don't know, a little bit about the, you know, series without giving it away because we do want people to watch and you guys should watch. <laughs> sure. Uh, scales is really, it's, it, it centers around this complicated guy named Remy Howard that I actually, I play Remy Howard. He is drawn to complicated people and relationships. And I like to, I like to look at scales as a way of, there's a hint, a small hint of, it gives me a little bit of an insecure vibe as far as I wanted it to have the same sort of visual feel. And then of course, for people that's gonna check it out, all of the music features independent artists. So mm -hmm. it gives a platform for people that's, cause again, we're all independents trying to get our foot somewhere. So even though I'm not like super, super Instagram famous or whatever, there's eyes that want, you know, there's hundred over 100,000 views on YouTube. People will listen and want to find where your music is. So I wanted it to give you that smooth vibe. It's a dramedy, so it's a little bit of drama and it's comedy. But like I tell people all the time, we all have some form of drama in our lives. And we can't, I mean, because yeah. we're, if we're living beings, we experience some kind of drama. That's why we like watching drama on TV because it lets us know that we're not crazy and we right. either kind of been in those situations and some of the situations and scales, they are loosely based on some misadventures in dating that I encountered years ago, as well as some friends of mine that have shared their stories with me and I just put them in the script, which that's why they say with a writer, your secrets are safe with the writer, but if it's a really good secret, don't be surprised if it turns out <laughs> you know, in a script or something. Right. And we that's kind of what happened. A little bit, but... <laughs> right. We fudge it just a little, but if you, if you know, you really know, like, oh, I remember that. So, yeah. Right, right, right. So now I want to know, um, since you do have this show, what is it like your daily task? Or, you know, I know things definitely have changed because of, like, COVID, but prior to COVID, like, what were some things that you would do on a daily to, like, you know, work towards your show? Well, you know, the, it's interesting because COVID has, it slowed me down, but it didn't really, it just, it's sort of, sort of running this way. I just had to run a little bit to the side. So I normally would be going to a lot of events because I, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a member of the gathering spot. I normally look for networking events with other people in the film industry so I can promote the show, promote myself as a writer, producer. And that's, that was what I was used to doing. I was all, I would not be on, I wouldn't be home right yeah, now. Yeah, no, um, I usually, definitely see you on this one. You know, it's Wednesday. My week will be Wednesday through Sunday. I'm usually at an event or something. So this has changed a lot. So mm -hmm. what I've been doing is a lot of people have been offering courses and webinar and networking things online. So like the Sundance collab team, I joined it. So I'm taking these webinar classes on how to, um, do pitching, finance, getting financing and grants for productions mm -hmm. and just how to improve my craft. 
which I think for any of us that are writers or whatever part of the industry we're trying to do, you never should stop learning. So I'm always that's, trying. That's so my, favorite, my favorite quote. Like never, never stop learning. Yeah, you, you can't because the game is always changing. And so COVID has allowed me to really for webinars and things that I normally would say, oh, I'll check it out later. It's now put mm -hmm. me in a position to where I'm actually attending them. I'm taking the notes. I'm reading a lot more of the books that I had ordered mm -hmm. months ago on yeah. writing. <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> shit, I ain't got nothing else to do. Let me read them. <laughs> so that has been happening. But then on the benefit with COVID, because everyone is kind of, it's, it's leveled the playing field a little bit more, Kristen. So I'm able mm -hmm. to reach out to some of those maybe more established creatives and they're actually returning phone calls or emails yeah. because everyone okay. has time now. So I've been actually using it to pivot myself. So it's like, I just turned the hat, my hat was in the back and now I turned it front like yours. And just, <laughs> I, I just kept it on moving, which by the way, we did film, we just wrapped season three. We filmed season wow. three in, we, yeah, thank you. We filmed while, of course, in COVID, we, right. we wrapped we wrapped last month, and that was a big task because, of course, you we are living with a, a you know a new disease virus or whatnot, and so right. I was very intentional by you know the cast and crew and I we've become a family over the past three years, and so mm -hmm. we had an earnest conversation about how to comfort people their comfort levels, everybody was in. Several of, of us got COVID testing. I know I did, I got COVID tested a couple of times and some of the cast and crew members did as well. And we practiced social distancing when possible. All the crew members wore masks during mm -hmm. the production. The only time we took our mask off as actors were of course, if we were gonna right. actually film. Right. Um, we made adjustments with lunches. Typically, I would just order pizza because pizza, one, it's cheaper and it can just, you can just put just your hand easy. in it. It's very easy. But because of COVID, <laughs> had to change around. So everyone had like a brown bag lunch. So I had like sandwiches made up at Publix and got sandwiches made. And we just had to really change how we interacted. So even during lunches, we would have lunch outside and people, you know, would go into their distance from each other. Okay. So it's kind of like we had a picnic while filming in the park. Mm -hmm. But what I think what people will like about season three is that 65% of season three was shot outdoors because I, we, need, we had to change it up, you know, for the air right. and, you know, not to have people in confined spaces like seasons one and two. And I think visually from a cinematography standpoint, it's going to look amazing just because we shot at some really great mm -hmm. locations in Atlanta. And when people watch the show, they'll be like, oh, I've eaten there, or I know exactly where that is. So I think despite COVID messing us up a little bit, I think <laughs> it has provided some, it's, it's prov definitely provided some wins for us too. Yes. And you know, I love how you were able to adjust. Um, I think that's super important. And I can even relate to that because like, Prior to COVID, I was, okay, so right now I'm in Jersey. I'm from Jersey. Um, this Yeah, I live here. Prior to this, though, I was doing, like, a semester away. So I was in Los Angeles. So I was supposed to be there from January to May. But then I had to leave in March because of COVID. So while I was out there, like, I was still doing my show. Uh, I had a studio. But when I came home, everything was closed. So, like, all the studios were closed. Um, 
So now I'm just now getting back into the studio starting next week. So it's like prior to that, like I've been doing IG live interviews for like months, but this is like normally not my, not my thing. Right. <laughs> but you know, definitely adjusted. And even when you said you feel like you had more access to people, I definitely feel like that too, because like, Prior to doing like IG live interviews or Zoom interviews or anything virtually, I was doing in-person interviews. And with in-person, it's like, okay, I can't interview someone that's in Atlanta if I'm in LA or if I'm in Jersey, you know? So I feel like with this whole virtual thing, it definitely has allowed, you know, people to gain access to each other more easily. So for sure, for sure. So now- Well, can I ask you a question? Can I, can I ask yes. you a question, Chris, before yes. you ask me one? So how do you think, after after we come through this sci-fi movie known as COVID, how do you think you'll, how will you think you will come out of it differently? Like as an artist, how do you feel like you've evolved or how will you see your artistry and the work that you do differently? Um, I feel like after coming out of COVID, I'm definitely going to be different because I've just done so much more for my brand and like Black Talk Radio. So like, I developed like a IGTV series, um, you know, we launched our website. So we have like written articles on there. I focused a lot more so on digital media content. So I feel mm -hmm. like that's something that, you know, I will come out different on after this COVID thing's over. And I feel like I'll even be more grateful for in-person interviews, you know, being like me being able to go back into the studio. I'm super grateful now. So just like the little things that I've taken for granted prior to COVID, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to ask that question. Just to see if you <laughs> that was a good question. <laughs> so now I want to know, I have this little segment, it's called Quarantine Q&A. So I basically ask my guests different things about the quarantine. So first things first, I want to know, like, are there any shows or any books that you've been reading during quarantine that you love or that you really like? Um, yeah, um, I'll start off with my shows. First mm -hmm. Kingdom, it's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It's about the MMFA, like the cage fighting. Um, it stars, it actually stars Nick Jonas. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it ran from 2014 to 2017 on DirecTV with AT&T, but then Netflix purchased it okay. and I literally binged it's season two is like 20 episodes I binged watch the entire <laughs> series in like a week because the show was is just amazing so kingdom on Netflix okay I'm absolutely amazing you'll love it and then my second show that I didn't think I was gonna like and I'm not even gonna I'm not gonna play any music from it I'm not even gonna go too deep into it because people are gonna be like this dude is crazy but P Valley on Stars, um, oh like, my God! I it's, that I was I didn't think I was gonna like it, but it's it's <laughs> about the strip club in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. I think it's set in Mississippi, and I was like, oh, I don't really, you know, I've already seen Hustle, whatever. <laughs> but it's it's amazing. It's really really good. Like it's okay. It's, I might, it's really I, that sounds interesting. I might check that one out for real. Yeah, P Valley, and then books that I'm reading. Uh, I it's a classic book that I've had for years, but I have a book called The Four Agreements by mm -hmm. Miguel Ruiz, and it's just really how you sort of action speaks louder than words, and how mm -hmm. you should be one with your. You know, sometimes we fall off with how we are in our 
delivery of words. I'm very transparent with people, but sometimes being transparent can come off a little harsh. So you have yeah. to work on how you your delivery should be worked on. So I've been really trying to work on just that a lot more. And then of course, books on anything on screenwriting. Mm-hmm. I have uh, how, save a, the Save the Cat book, which is classic for anyone that's getting into screenwriting. And okay. just just really, I'm trying to, I'm reading a lot, but I'm also watching, I'm following everything that's happening in the world. So like mm-hmm. CNN is like my hub for, you know, I, I'm almost exhausted from me. And I'm, you know, the Richard Brooks, the George Floyd, you yeah. know, still covering from Tamir Rice and Sandra Bland. It's all of that. So I'm trying to ensure Definitely. that I'm not losing focus on that because there's still so much work that has to be done. And so as a voter, hopefully people that are watching, you guys make sure you get to those polls because I, Please, I our life Jersey. really do depend on it. I really feel like our lives depend on it. Yes. I know for Jersey, um, we are strictly mail-in. So as long as you're registered to vote, they are going to send you your ballot to your home. Just fill it out and then you can just drop it in the mailbox. So it's very simple for Jersey. Um, so I hope you guys go out and vote because your vote matters and it's super important. And even just to piggyback off of what you said about like keeping up with the news and like all the police brutality things that are happening. I feel like it's very draining because like, it's just so much like, like a part of me is like, okay, I need to be informed and I want to be informed. Like I'm a journalist. This is my job, but I'm kind of finding the balance of like taking a step back at times and definitely taking a break because sometimes when you like consume so much of that, it definitely takes a toll on your mental, unfortunately. So that's something I definitely had to learn during this quarantine time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So now I want to know what is your favorite quarantine snack? Ooh, my favorite quarantine snack. Wow. Uh, I have several. One snack that I have, and I'm, I, I, I wasn't a snacker until, <laughs> until COVID. Like, I didn't really believe in, like, the, the Knicks because, you know, I try to work out and all that kind of stuff. But, of course, I'm not going to a gym. So, right. I now my favorite is M&M's, peanut M&M's. Yes, those are good. I, I always keep. Uh, Kit Kat in the freezer because I like it cold with a glass of cold milk. So Kit Kats and M&M's, that's like, my, and I have little M&M's hidden throughout the house and I just, I snack on them throughout the day. So I keep M&M's here for sure. Peanut butter, peanut m and M&M's are, you know, great. I don't like the regular ones. So like if it's not peanut. Oh not, yeah, if it's not peanut, I don't fool with the regular ones, no. Because it's so much chocolate, like yeah. It's like it's almost too, it's like too sweet of chocolate for some reason. Yeah, like yeah. it's really, really sweet. So, um, you know, as we are now, the year, we're, what, well, we have four months left of the year. Um, and it's definitely not gone as much of us has planned. But like, what are some of your goals for the remainder of the year? Or just some things that you want to do, whether it be like personally or with your show, you know? That's a good question. Um. I think, well, one thing I've done outside of scales, I wrote another script that I'm hoping to film the pilot for. I wrote a, I wrote a script called Spades. Mm-hmm. Not the card game Spades, but it's an abbreviation for single, mm-hmm. single people are dating everyone stupid. 
states. <laughs> so it is about that is funny. It's a comedy. It's actually a comedy, and it it's sort of a spin. You're back. I froze again. I'm here. I'm sorry. And it's about it's following the character Kim from from Scales, and it's sort of like following her with her two friends. They went to Clark, and so now mm -hmm. they've graduated from school, and they're trying to date. So it's like Gen Z trying to date, whether oh, it's off of dating off of apps or whatnot. And That's my generation. Right. So I think you'll like. I think you'll like it. The actress that's heading up the show, um, Zamaya. She, she's really funny, and I think it's going to be a great, and I'm taking experiences from your generation on bad right. dates and putting it all into the story, and you just see how these characters navigate through really bad, really bad dates. Yeah, dating um, for my generation is not the best, and also we're in a pandemic now, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see, right? <laughs> right. Um, so now I want to know, like, what would you have to say would be one of your, like, greatest challenges, you know, being a producer and, you know, dealing with creating and screenwriting and, you know, all those things? I, I think the biggest challenge as a producer, especially an independent producer, is really trying to get the, the dollars, the fi you know, the financing. You know, for season one, season one of Scales, I financed it completely, which not a problem because I wanted to one prove, you know, sort of like a proof of concept show that I could actually do it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what happened. And then of course, after that, I crowdfunded and, you know, mm -hmm. knock on wood, season two and season three were funded from, you know, I would say a group of investors from crowdfunding. So right. I'm very fortunate for that. But if I always say, if I had just the right connections, to where mm -hmm. I had a little bit more money in the pot, there's a lot more that I could create, not just with scales and then with spades, but there's a whole, I have an entire library of scripts that I've been working uh -huh. on. And I think there are stories that I think people want to see and they're interesting and they're a reflection of people that look like us, people mm -hmm. of color, black people. And I, I think our stories sometimes are sometimes minimized and you know we are these characters that are marginalized and I've created a lot of content that really elevates strong black men and women at the forefront of stories that you know are just like everyone else's story so that's probably my biggest challenge is getting that right connections for financing to back some of the projects that I have okay yeah I think that's you know I feel I can definitely relate to that. Um, I like one of my professors, she's actually a producer, but she taught like this class on like producing and stuff. And like, she would literally tell us like the for the films that she's trying to put on and stuff or the shows like, we got this far, but we don't know because we need more money. So like, you know, I definitely can see how money, money is a struggle at times. <laughs> right. So my last question for you is, if you could leave the listeners slash viewers with one thing to remember about you, what would it be and why? Uh, wow, Kristen, that's, a, that's, that's another good question. That's also one I haven't really thought about. I would say I would want people to think that I am Patrick Ladonis dot, 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 
and the best is yet to come. Yes, I love that. So that would be, that's my thing, and the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come, so y'all got to stay tuned. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to thank you so much for chatting with me, and thank you everyone that tunes in. Um, after I end this live, it should post to my IGTV. Like, sometimes my Instagram does this weird thing, like, where it freezes. I really hope that doesn't happen. But, um, you know, it should be posted to my IGTV so people can play it back, as well as Black Talk Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and our website. And, yeah. Oh, thank okay. You. Look at that. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. And make sure people go check out Scale of the Web Series on YouTube, Seasons 1 and 2. And we're also on Reverie.com, which is a global streaming service. So you can check us out wherever. We're everywhere. Yes, love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Bye-bye.